Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I have some uh, philosophical thoughts about uh, the state of our country and politics and culture that I want to get to uh, after Eclipse of the Week. And it kind of comes on the heels of, if you didn't hear, uh, the end of Hour 3 we played this long montage of cable news talking about podcaster Joe Rogan taking horse paste to fight the COVID like a stupid Trump supporter, which he's not, really. Um, uh, he's certainly not stupid, and he's kind of all over the place on Trump, like most normal people are on all political issues all over the place. Um, uh, but they, they were completely misrepresenting it. Yeah, yeah, clearly. Either on purpose or by accident, and, uh, and, and I have thoughts on that. And I have some philosophical musings on my ability to remember what I'm supposed to tell you. I'm an idiot, and I keep forgetting. We have a great extra-large podcast with Steve Hilton at armstrongandgetty.com, one of the extra-largest. Founder of the Hilton Hotels? Different fella, actually. He's the uh, shaven-headed gent who... Discovered Hilton Head Island. Again, a different guy. This is the uh, Brit. He was an advisor to David Cameron. He he wears a sport coat and a t-shirt on Fox News when he commentates. He's got a brand new podcast out all about Cal Unicornia, oddly enough, because he's based in the Bay Area. And what it's like being married to Paris Hilton. I, 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 were you in on the same conversation I was? But it's really, I think, a stimulating conversation. Long-form podcast for you at armstrongandgetty.com. But first, let's take a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. I'm Kim Kardashian West. I'm a mother, millionaire, law student, and billionaire. You're going to literally see the craters on the moon with your own eyes. And it makes me want to vomit red-hot blood. In order to be globally competitive, we need to think big and bold with my infrastructure bill and my Build Back Better Act. And then he steps on a rake, and then he slips on a banana peel, and then he falls down the stairs with some marbles. I think we need to do a better job at messaging and going forward, how do you sell this? Well, I think you all could do a better job of selling it. You're getting poorer, whether you realize it or not. But that's what inflation does. It causes poverty. Actually, the thing is that I have to pee and these guys are not moving. You have to pee. Yeah. This is your emergency that you have to pee? Yeah. Does it bother you that the news network you work for out and out lied, well, just outright lied about me taking horse dewormer. They, they, they shouldn't have said that. Why did they do that? I don't know. It also makes me feel bad that things are so bad for people that they have that this is happening. It's incredibly no. sad. No, it's not incredibly sad. They can fire me. They're going to have to fire me. I'm not going out quietly. Turn that frown upside down. You're depressed? Cheer up. Cheer up. Smile. Facebook's also denying a report that says using Instagram can cause users to develop a negative body image, which explains their rival's new slogan, TikTok, bring your fat ass over here. Even more troubling emails showing Gruden using offensive language to insult NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell, also calling the league's first openly gay player, Michael Sam, a queer. I can't uh, tell you how sick I am. I apologize again. Get out of this aisle, you be over it, maniac! I said, take out the PP tape. Please take out the PP tape. Well, all this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and you see this black, and that's 
space and eternity and uh, and the mystery of the cosmos and but it's black and it's death and flores did he go he did and the game ends oh Oh, man that's bad i don't think he went it's bad can't end the game that way the dodgers are going to the national league championship series If you didn't see the baseball game, a blown call at the end ended a five-game series between the two best teams in all of baseball. Their combined records, the best in the in the history of baseball ever for the most wins facing two teams facing each other, comes down to they each had won 109 games. You're in the ninth inning in a one nothing game. And a blown call ends the game. Two to one? Was it two to one? I thought it was one nothing. Yeah, two to oh, one. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, home run and everything. You're right. You're yeah. Right. Yeah, but one check run swing, game. call to strike wasn't even close. Plus, you don't ring a guy up in that circumstance anyway. You just don't. Uh, yeah, that was really disappointing. I mean, it's not like, you know, they, they called a home run a foul ball or anything like that. The guy was still down one and two, but it's just, oh, please, you got to let him take his axe. Right. But arguably, that was. The greatest series, how do I phrase this exactly? It was the best two teams ever to face each other in the history of baseball. And it came down to one run and a not great call, but, you know, who knows what would happen um, in the ninth inning of the final game. Really quite amazing. I heard yeah. they played each other 24 times. Each team won 12. And that's an even situation yep. right there. Yeah, just crazy. Obviously, as a Giants fan, I wish they'd triumphed, but, uh, I mean, it's not like you played like crap and lost to a bunch of slouches. Well, I hope he enjoys his boat. The umpire. You think that's what happened? Folks, I think that's a childish suggestion that the man was bribed. (laughs) Childish. (laughs) Speaking of childish, South Park's a cartoon. They had a tournament across YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram in which 64 episodes were all voted on uh, by South Park fans, and they narrowed it down to what is the best South Park episode of all time. And we have that linked at armstrongandgetty.com, and you can watch it for free. It's the episode, I don't think I've ever seen it, Make Love, Not Warcraft. I'll watch it today. I mean, if South Park fans narrowed down the 64 best episodes to this one, uh, I need to check it out. So, I haven't watched South Park in a while. I should. Every time I watch it, I'm impressed with its uh, its courage and its hilariousness. It's frequently gross too, but they're uh, they are politically really independent, sociologically really independent, and and brave. Love Parker and Stone. Shout out, fellers. So I'm going to try to pull this all these thoughts together in one idea here. See if I can do it. I'm on a cold medicine, so you never know. It might not make sense. Then make it rhyme. Then I'll be impressed. You got the likely New York City mayor, Eric Adams. He's the guy that's going to replace the world's tallest communist. Bill de Blasio. Um, Eric Adams, because he's a Democrat, is certainly going to be the Republican, and he'll be the mayor. And he said he won't get rid of the gifted and talented programs at New York City schools like de Blasio wants to. Okay? Um, That's a guy that understands where most people are versus de Blasio, who thinks Twitter is the real world. Mm-hmm. which fits in with this thing we talked about earlier. This guy, David Shore, who's considered by Democrats to be the best 
analyzer of politics in America. He used to have a direct line to Barack Obama in terms of like polling and predictions and that sort of stuff because he's so freaking good at it. And he wanted to point out to Democrats that, hey, I know uh, what I see on Twitter and the cable news, but dig this. There are three times as many moderate or conservative non-white Democrats. I'll make sure this sinks in so you understand what I'm talking about here. These are non-white people, moderate or conservative. There are three times as many Democrats like that than there are very liberal white people. But the very liberal white people are the only ones you hear from in Twitter and on cable news. You know, it strikes me that sounds like a really racist party. Yeah, I've heard a couple of people point that out. If a tiny number of white people believe something, you brown people just shut the heck up, all right? Your betters will tell you uh, you know, what the party stands for. And this is going on, on on both sides. And so I was listening to a long podcast about this yesterday and fitting in with all this information. It makes perfectly good sense to me. The most interesting political story in America is this. This is something Sean, our old producer, used to say all the time. We have four parties pretending to be two parties. Um. The most interesting thing going on in politics is the battle within the Democratic Party between the moderate and conservative wing and the wokes, and how the wokes have way outsized influence um, from their numbers, but are pulling the party that direction, including the president. The most interesting thing going on on the right is the, the Trump crowd and the non-Trump crowd, the crowd that says, look, the guy stood by while the Capitol was attacked and people were hang- chanting to hang his vice president and he didn't even try to stop it versus the people that say, yeah, but he's got a 90% approval rating in Iowa right now, so shut up. On both sides, you have unbelievably interesting political stories. You don't get a whiff of either one of those stories from their chosen media outlets. Hmm. Washington Examiner. Fox TV, they never talk about the inter-Republican battles that are going on behind the scenes. CNN, MSNBC, New York Times, never talk about the inter-Democratic battles that are going on. You never flip on CNN and see a panel of like seven people and half of them of, are, we need to, we need to speak to the working class. This whole transgender this and Latinx S is going to kill us with the other crowd saying we need to blah, blah, blah. No, it's all one thing. And same on Fox. You never see an argument on there among uh, Republicans panelists on whether or not we should get behind Trump or not. Never. So the two most interesting political stories, which are clearly the dominant theme of our time, are not being addressed at all by our leading media. How? By their own people. By their own people. How interesting right. is that? Oh, yeah, it, it absolutely is. And to the extent that it's reported on it all, the, the example on the left, it's very vanilla. Uh, the squad and the progressive caucus continues to pressure Nancy Pelosi to blah, blah, blah. But they don't really get into the nitty gritty and, and uh, how sh- incompatible they are. You should have people screaming at each other on Face the Nation that are both Democrats about which direction they go. And same with Republicans on any of your Fox shows. Screaming at a bitch either. we got to abandon Trump or we're doomed. Are you crazy? Trump is, you know... Uh, but it doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I kind of understand it as media guys ourselves, since this sort of stuff will probably work itself out uh, one way or the other. Oh, I get. From I, you a, don't want to alienate half your audience. I get from a dollar and cents standpoint why it's happening. I absolutely get that. But from a where we're headed next standpoint, you'd think there'd be more of the... If the most, if the most interesting stories in politics are not being talked about third rail third rail where does that leave you 
You'd think there'd be more of a... You'd think there'd be an audience for, I want to hear the debate between the white ultra-liberals and the conservative non-whites on the left and the non-Trump on the right. You'd think you'd want to hear more of that, but it's impossible to find. Yeah, I think a lot of the the partisans, though, they want to keep it in the family. They don't want to admit, hey, uh, by the way, our party over here, we're uh, torn apart by bitter, bitter differences that can never be reconciled. (laughs) Nobody's going to say that. So you just, I don't know, the the uh, the people who would talk about it and the people who would listen to it, I just, I don't know how big that number is. I see your point. I mean, both are crazy the who would interesting. To it? I think the number's huge of the people that would listen to it. I think. Nah, I think you're wrong. I think people, they don't want to hear about problems with their, in their own tribe. Really? I they just he, want to hear yay for my tribe. Surely there'd be a third of the country at least that would be interested in that. Eh, you could be right. I don't Which know. is I'm a guessing. lot of people. Yeah. But it's not happening, so, you know. Obviously, the intelligentsia disagree with you. Yeah, Trump has a 90% approval rating in Iowa among Republicans. So about half. The first state for <laughs> a contest for the nomination. That is un friggin believable If you had it today, he'd walk out of there with the win. I mean, he wouldn't even have to show up, I don't think. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. you got any comment on that? Our text line, 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We got this text. Actually, we got a lot of texts, including some hilariously insulting ones. But anyway, um, (laughs) did you guys hear that Bill Clinton is in the hospital with a case of the Ozark fever? Too many women and not enough antibiotics to clear up the infection. Not exactly sure if that's right or not. What? I don't know. Is that a thing? He does have an infection, and he's in the hospital in SoCal. Uh, I assumed it was chlamydia. Joe says it's something else, man. <laughs> I don't know what it is. So you're not ruling out chlamydia? Well, I can't rule out chlamydia. Or gonorrhea. <laughs> can't rule that out either, doctor. Um, capitalism uh, has an ugly side, and I don't mean that in like um, a disparaging way, like it's not the best system we've come up with. But, you know, there, there, there are sides of capitalism for it to work that, you know, aren't the most pleasant. <laughs> and, that sure. whole, and that whole creative destruction thing that I remember Mitt Romney getting in a lot of trouble for talking about that back when he ran for president. It's just part of companies. Companies uh, are thought of, are born, grow, peak, then fall off the other side, then disappear like other living things. My grandfather, who was quite successful, his entire industry disappeared in about a year, um, and he went broke. Yeah, and it's just a fact, but it's the only way you can do it. You, 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 if you prop up dying industries, that doesn't work. No. Um, anyway, so that kind of fits here. Uh, the Atlantic has got a long piece about this company, this hedge fund, Alden Global Capital, their decade plus of gutting newsrooms across the country. So they caught on at the right time that newspaper newsrooms were, uh, well, it was a dying industry and they're going to try to profit from it on the way down. The model is simple. Gut the staff, sell the real estate, 
jack up the subscription prices while there's still subscribers, wring as much cash as possible out of it until eventually enough readers cancel their subscriptions, then the paper folds and is reduced to a desiccated husk of its former self. Ah, sounds great. <laughs> they, they made a lot of money off of it. And the Atlantic, I haven't read the whole piece. I'm guessing they kind of pitch it as what a horror that that happened. Uh, and it says here, when local newspapers vanish, research shows it tends to correspond with lower ver- voter turnout, increased polarization, and a general erosion of civic engagement. Um, misinformation proliferates. No doubt. More corruption. That was going to happen, whether or not this company came in and pro- found a way to profit off the way down or not. Yeah, These papers th- were going to go away with the invention of the Internet. just was going to happen. Two thoughts that might be contradictory. Uh, number one... If there was a company that intended to operate a local newspaper and wanted to buy it for that reason, and then a company who wanted to buy it to gut it, like you're describing, I'm with the operating people because it's incredibly important to our system. On the other hand, if the gutting people think, wow, gutting it's really profitable and they're going to offer more for the paper, the paper's going to go away. It's going to become the old DH, desiccated husk. <laughs> That's a shame, yeah. But uh, if there is a need, theoretically, something will arise to fill it, informational-wise, and then we'll be okay. I think every town will have a website or two that people kind of tend to trust with reporters. Yeah, nextdoor.com. I haven't seen my cat for three days. (laughs) If you've seen Fluffy, call me. I think my neighbor's a druggie. (laughs) Uh, Well, maybe. Who's driving the blue car that goes so fast? It might take a while, but I think something will emerge, right? Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. There's a reason they don't have Drag Queen Story Hour in Mexico. People in Michoacan are worried about tortilla prices and cartel shootings. They don't have time for that kind of nonsense. We're about to become a lot more like Mexico. It turns out our economy was much more fragile than we thought it was. And if we'd known that earlier, we might not have elected an economic illiterate like Joe Biden as president. Oh, careful now. Uh, Speaking of that sort of thing, the jobs market is really weird and interesting. want to talk about that in a minute. Uh, before we get to that, though, I had I had forgotten about this clip or hadn't heard it or something. But this is Don Limon of uh, the execrable. That means crappy CNN and Joe Biden at a June town hall clip 27. You're pumping all of this money into the economy. Couldn't that add to? No. The, the, look, here's the deal. Moody's today when our Wall Street firm, not some liberal think tank said, if we pass the other two things I'm trying to get done, we will, in fact, reduce inflation, reduce inflation, reduce inflation, because we're going to be providing good opportunities and jobs for people who, in fact, are going to be reinvesting that money back in all the things we're talking about. Kladikovkar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. Say it. I tell you what, Joe, three times wasn't enough. Say it four or five times. Reduce inflation. Reduce inflation. Maybe that'll make it true. Click your heels together three times. Say, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. 
Good Lord. Because I got a kid of calf cough. True international average of pressure. <laughs> Never disappoints, Michael. Never disappoints. The gift that keeps on giving. So, uh, quoting from uh, a piece Brent Orrell, or Orrell wrote uh, for the Dispatch, The Great Disappearing Worker. Plenty of job openings, not enough takers. Just going to read you part of it. It's, it's just a really terrific writing for one thing. But the Bureau of Labor Statistics October Jolts Report, that's Job Opening and Labor Turnover Survey, continues to make for some of the most interesting reading in bureaucratic Washington, D.C. The labor market remains unusually turbulent, with surfing competition-sized waves of unfilled jobs inundating low-lying areas of available workers and gale-force levels of job quits just to keep it interesting. Like meteorologists watching as tropical depressions become hurricanes, jobs data junkies are tracking the nation's unemployment market with equal parts awe, curiosity, and unease. I'd say nobody knows quite what's going on. As illustrated below, the U.S. began to emerge from the COVID-19-induced economic recession in May 2020. Unemployment plunged rapidly through the summer into the fall. Since then, the rate of decline in unemployment is moderated, while job openings remain very high, leaving a ratio of 0.8 workers for every available job. Wow. If we were to magically able if we were magically able to match every available worker to an available job we'd still be roughly two million workers short that's something yeah so what's going on no single factor fully explains the misalignment but there's several major contributors the first and most obvious is the historically high rate of job quits the most recent jolt survey showed that close to four and a half million people almost three percent of the entire workforce and a number larger than the population of the city of Los Angeles, left their jobs in August 2021. I don't think there's ever been that big a percentage of people quit in one month. Oh, I can't believe there's ever been anything close. That's astounding. Almost 3% of the workforce quit their job in a single month. Many are leaving in search of positions with better pay, more better benefits that offer more flexible working arrangements. We all know this, the remote or hybrid thing. Uh, After years firmly under the thumb of employers in terms of wages and working conditions, hard to blame people for trying to make the most of the opportunity. There's a catch, though. Most of the openings in the economy are in the same sectors, like service and hospitality, that the people are leaving. Unless these footloose workers suddenly acquire new skills to make them viable in other industries, they might very well find themselves back in the same or similar jobs at a slightly higher rate of pay. Which, you know, the the way I've always approached life, I say go for it. Roll the dice. See if you can do better. You know, if you have a few bucks in the bank or or great-grandpa Joe Biden is writing you checks, um, yeah, maybe you just you leave one restaurant and you find another one that treats you better. Why not? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, another major force. It certainly force. seems like it's, I don't know, it's tough, but it certainly seems like it's a time where you could ask for a, a raise. Because if you're a decent employee, it seems like it's pretty unlikely they're going to just let you go and not and not fill the slot. Yeah. But yeah. there are a lot of businesses that are struggling, so there just might not be any money to give you. Just flat out, and there ain't. Right. Well, Which is when you go looking. Another major factor driving the labor shortage is the continuing decline in the labor force participation rate, the ratio of number of workers in the labor market and total available working population. U.S. rates have been drifting downward for decades as the population has aged. Men, especially those with less education, have been leaving work in droves due in part to shrinking opportunities in traditionally male-dominated fields like manufacturing. But now it's women 
who are a majority of the workforce in March 2020, but are currently less than half of all workers. Many have been pushed out of the workforce over fears of COVID-19. Women tend to be more liberal. Liberals tend to be more afraid. And the virus's impact on daycares and schools that left without care options for their kids. Uh, also, a bunch of early retirements. It's just a bunch of stuff. Uh, the stock market, fattened 401ks and IRAs, have enabled some who are near retirement to go ahead and call it good. I actually have a friend like that. He didn't think he was retiring, but he sold a business right before COVID. COVID hit, and he thought, nah, maybe I'm retired. Mm. Interesting. Because the 401k was in pretty good shape. Uh, They mentioned other less financially well-prepared workers left the workforce after losing their job to the pandemic and not seeing a clear path path back to the labor market hung up their cleats. Then there's the skills gap. You know, a lot of the jobs that are available are computer-related, and you can't go from a busboy to a computer job unless you get all trained up. Uh, But I think the aging workforce declining participation in the labor pool thing is a huge story. Yeah. If it's, uh, if it's here to stay, and it might be. Well, and as I've said many times, and I stand by this, and I've yet to hear a good argument against it, um, the powers that be are acutely aware of all this stuff. They they know about the demographic stuff, um, partly because it, it is dooming Social Security and Medicare in particular, um, and also uh, the labor market, the opportunity for continued financial growth. And that's why both parties turn their blind eye to hundreds of thousands, millions of people coming into this country illegally. We need the workers. And it happens to benefit them at the polls to keep this issue alive and keep everybody at their throats, even though there's huge majorities of Americans who agree we need to secure the border. But they keep the issue alive, so that benefits them at the polls, too, and it helps their fundraising. Which polls? All of them. Okay. 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 I actually meant uh, the polls you show up to as opposed to uh, polls from pollsters. But, uh, yeah, and, and again, if you think I'm wrong, email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, in the immortal words of, I think this was a, a Don Henley song, uh, Victim of Love, I could be wrong, but I'm not. Speaking of polls, uh, Bill Clinton is in the hospital with a urinary infection. That's your wee-wee, right? That is, sir. Yes, it is. I yes. had no idea yes. you did, uh, yes. attended medical school. Which almost certainly means it's some meteorology girl. Oh, boy. From the TV. Oh, boy. Gave him the clap. I think that's what we're going to find out. I don't know that that's true. What is Sad Girl Autumn? Adele has her first album out in many, many years. One of the biggest musical artists in America, or in the world, really. And uh, it's all super sad, you're miserable because you got broken up with songs. And uh, so Sad Girl Autumn is upon us. I was just going to ask if she'd cheered up since her last Smash It album. Well, she lost like 180 pounds or something like that. She's super skinny and hot now. And uh, she's on the cover of Cosmo or Vogue or something right now. And just, you know, it's hard to know how much they touched it up. But she's flat out skinny now. Hmm. And uh, she says she's addicted to exercise. We'll see how long that lasts. I mean, we all know that 99% of us gain back more than we lost. Um. So, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sitting here. I got a doctor's appointment in like two weeks. And I know he's going to yell at me for being too fat. I think and so. he should. She's going to have another giant album in six years that says, when I sit around the house, I sit around the house. So, oh, unkind. Uh, we'll see how that goes. And then who, finally, who are you not going to slander this segment? You child. It's unbelievable. And then I mentioned Italy has got the strictest vaccine requirements of any country in the Western world. Um, everybody, every worker has to get vaccinated or sign up for regular testing. 
We got this text, though. I didn't know this. You left out something very important on the mandate in Italy. They recognize natural immunity and accept that for a green pass, which is the pass you need to have to continue to work. I don't trust any government that denies the reality of natural immunity. Let's go, Brandon. Um, Wow, they're serving up the pizza of common sense there in Italy. I like it. And signed off with a Let's Go Brandon, which is fantastic. (laughs) I do appreciate that. Uh, Let's go, Brandon. The Let's Go Brandon t-shirt's flying off the shelves at armstrongandgetty.com. It really is a great design. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think you'd help a lot. Uh, How do they they test you for natural immunity? Is there a test for that? Yeah, it's the antibody test. But is that a cheap, easy test, or...? I don't know how cheap it is. It's it's a little more, I think it may be a blood test, come to think of it. If you know better, text us, would you? 415-295-KFTC. 415-295-KFTC, because, you know, I don't want to mislead people. Uh, we'll finish strong. We'll do that next. Armstrong and Getty. Just got this text. Three people have died in my county in the last couple of weeks. Unvaccinated people, healthy in their 30s, that got the COVID. That's why I'm in favor of vaccine mandates. It seems like a non sequitur to me that you just said three unvaccinated people died, so you're for vaccine mandates. Because you're worried about other people? Yeah. I'm, I'm mostly worried about myself. So if other people want to roll the dice, I am okay with other people rolling the dice. Yeah, we've noticed it's all about you. We know. We know. Oh, by the way, I got a couple of uh, emails saying they were just curious what my grandfather did that his industry disappeared overnight. Butter he churn was, handles. Uh, exactly. Yep, yep, and horseshoes. That was the two products he had. Now, he was in the uh, the rubber industry. In fact, he didn't uh, fight in World War II because he was part of a critical industry, and he built his own company. They had It had to do with the industrial production of rubber um, and 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 some of the chemical processes and weighing it and stuff like that. It was a very specialized field. And then, um, as this website I just opened up pointed out, um, in the U.S., synthetic the synthetic rubber industry, um, uh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, what, where did it go? Um, it, it, it essentially exploded to be the thing overnight, synthetic rubber. And his industry was just rubbed wiped out. And as I've told the story before, he owed a bunch of money to small suppliers, and he insisted on paying every single one of his creditors back. He wouldn't declare bankruptcy. So they spent up all their savings paying people back, which I admire, but was a little tough on Grandma, who survived him by, gosh, 20 years. Lots of industries disappear. Mm-hmm. But what's your solution for that? Prop them up even though there's no need for them anymore? I mean, how are you going to do that? I mean, Absolutely it, it does suck. The best example I've always had in my own life is that uh, of technology changing things is I was really good at splicing tape. That is the magnetic tape that they used to use at radio stations to record things. I was really, really good at it. After years of practice, I don't know how many, I'm sure 10,000 hours worth of practice is what, what it takes to be really good at something. I was really, really good at it. And then along came digital audio, and it was a useless skill. Completely, 1,000% useless the moment digital took over. And I always think about that with all manner of innovations and just the way, you know, society is going to work. That's just the way it works. That's just the way life is. 
Mm-hmm. What are you going to yeah. do about it? Stay light on your feet and uh, save your money. You might have the greatest company in the world for making VCRs. But then nobody needs them anymore. Right. So you got to come up with something new. Stay light on your feet, Joe says. That's yeah. kind of similar to our earlier thing this week. You're depressed? Cheer up. <laughs> well, you're no, anxious? Just calm down. <laughs> I'm serious because we've had to do this in, in our industry. You know, you just, okay, things have changed. Here's where the opportunities are. Go there. Do that. Figure out how to get good at it. You have no choice. I don't know. Uh, oh, we got a bunch of pretty good emails I want to share with you that we haven't gotten to. Uh, let's see. The topic is Oakdale, California. Christine uh, says some wonderful things about the show, and you're very, very kind, Christine. Thank you. All of them accurate, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely, to the letter. Our little town community is doing a district walkout on Monday, along with other small communities. Um, talking about, I think it's uh, the vaccine mandates for the little kids. And Oakdalians are not putting up with it, so they're going to have a walkout on Monday along with other small towns. Can you help us by spreading the word? There you have it. I'll be the I'll buy the sweet and sour pork for Jack. And Joe, I'll give you a great bottle of wine and more swag for the group. Now we don't need any gifts. Thank you, though. Uh, oh, Chris points out, guys, don't bring up China's opening Olympic ceremony. That was back in 08? Hmm. Was it? 13 years ago? Hmm. Gee, many. Anyway, uh, but don't bring that up and leave out that ad- they're admittedly CG'd elaborate fireworks. Oh, that's right. And CGI'd elaborate fireworks and the prettier little girl lip syncing to the merely pretty actual girl who sung the song, All right. which was a botched cover up. Right. Yeah, they decided the little Chinese girl who sang the song wasn't quite gorgeous enough, so brought out a child model. But that's what pop music does all the time. Yeah. Half the pop singers in the world can't sing. They're just auto-tuned. Uh, let's see. On the topic of thieving, guys, go three blocks away from any Walgreens in the Bay Area. Um, you'll find uh, all the all the uh, the products half-priced from a homeless street vendor. Okay. And they stole that stuff because of the economy. Yeah, they were driven to desperation, according to Mika Brzezinski. Uh, guys, if you want to stop thefts from retailers, don't want to arrest people, shut down the flea markets. I've seen some very shady people people at multiple Northern California flea markets with a folding table and a collection of miscellaneous new things that were obviously swept into a bag at a store. There isn't a market for stolen goods. It's not worth stealing. Yeah, or tools. You go to a flea market, there's always so many tools. Where did you come across all these tools? You didn't steal them out of the back of somebody's truck, did you? Admit me, chorus to this history. Who? Prologue-like, your humble patients pray. Gently to hear. All right. Kindly to judge. Wrap it up. The final thoughts of Armstrong and Getty. Here's your host for final thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. Michelangelo presses the buttons. He keeps us on the air. He's our technical director. Michael, final thought? Yeah, my uncle sold CB radios. He then quit to sell encyclopedias and then later went to work for Betamax. He left that job to be a manager at Circuit City. It's been a rough go. (laughs) I feel for your uncle, but he's being light on his feet. He's following opportunities. Our behind-the-scenes producer, young Alex, didn't even show up for work today. Unbelievable. Jack, do you have a final thought for us? He had a scheduled day off. He didn't just not show up. Ah, granted. Um, Next time we have a worldwide pandemic, let's have one that has different symptoms than the common cold or allergies. 
Because I'm ill, and, but I'm thinking it's the common cold and allergies. I'm going to go get a COVID test today. But you can't have, uh, if you have a sore throat or a runny nose, it's full for crying out loud. Who doesn't have a sore throat and a runny nose this time of year? Yeah, how about purple blotches and the softening of teeth or something? I don't know. Urinating blood. Something obviously Oy. not a cold. Not that one. My final thoughts, uh, got the roofer uh, working on the roof. We discovered uh, some flaws up there. and I was walking around to see what he's doing, and all of a sudden, this, uh, this shingles fly past me and land whap on the ground. I looked at him. He looked at me, said something in Spanish, which was either, I'm sorry, senor, or you know we're up here, dumbass. You ought to watch where you're walking. But uh, ay, 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 that could have changed my life. Oh, really? Yeah, brush wow. with death. Well, brush with death. I don't know. Maybe not. How'd you get up on the roof? No, I was down. He was hurling oh, materials okay, off okay, of it. Okay, yeah. I got you. Somehow I got up on the roof. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thanks. A little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have all sorts of great clicks for you under hot links. Got the swag. People are loving the Let's Go Brandon t-shirts. Our extra-large podcast with Steve Hilton. Boy, is he an interesting guy. It's all there at armstrongandgetty.com. That call at the end of the game last night was one of the more demoralizing things that's ever happened in my life. (laughs) See you Monday. God bless America. There'll be order in the house. I'm gonna call my lawyer. Gun. And I hate that. There's still an opportunity to join us in being adults in the room. Are you (laughs) I'm pissed. You, you... You. Don't interact with them and just shut up about it. Hopsies on that? It's, it's, it's really serious. Boy, what a way to end the game. This. Oh, oh man, boy, that's bad. I don't think he went. That's bad. Bye. Have a great Friday, you mother. Uh, Armstrong and Getty.